Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, we are back. We're back. Um, hey, hey, how did your move go? You live with a woman again. I how, do. How do you feel about this? How did it go? Well, I'm back to walking on eggshells and <laughs> dancing around what's actually going on. No. No, I, I get up very early in the morning, and that's a hard thing for a lot of people to deal with. I think anybody who's in a relationship with somebody who's a shift worker or something like that mm-hmm. is they know all too well. How much it sucks when you're laying there in a nice deep sleep in a warm bed and an alarm goes off and it's not even your alarm. Yeah. That sucks. So I do feel bad for her, but I also feel happy for her because she's got a great partner. (laughs) (laughs) No, I am happy. I uh, have a home again, which is good. I certainly appreciate having one bed that I sleep in. Not a bed here or a bed there and right. a bed over there. And hey, right. can I crash on your couch tonight? Right. And all that nonsense that's been going on for the last few months. Did you take her bed or is it your bed? Or did you buy a new bed together? Uh, no, we are uh, juggling furniture around at the, the moment. So we're going to try out my bed. Then we're going to try out her bed. Then we're going to, in a very Goldilocks style thing, <laughs> figure out too hard. what happens next. Hey, I, <clears throat> sorry. It's been a hell of a weekend. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Yeah. And that's why there was no Mo- podcast on Friday, moving by the way. Su- moving sucks. I think anyone who's mo- most people have moved in their life, so they understand. You can relate. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I do want to do a shout out here because they were so good. My move happened in two different phases. I moved out of my place back in November, and I didn't move until th- to this place until the end of January. And I didn't even know that movers did this because I was looking at, at pods and all sorts of other weird things. Uh, I did call around for estimates, though, and I settled on two men in a truck. And it turned out that, A, they were fantastic to deal with, and their price really was the best price out there. But beyond that, they also offer storage. So, And it's Great. fairly reasonable. It was uh, it was very nice to have them move my stuff and nicely put it in storage. And then when it was time to go into the new place, boom, they just showed up with a full truck. So I almost sort of cut it in half. But they did a great job. I mean, from their COVID protocols to the care they took to make sure they didn't damage anything, including things in the house, I was right impressed. So if Good. you're moving, I, I highly recommend two men and a truck. They're the movers who care. Okay. I actually felt like they did care. And, you know, it's funny because every now and again, try and have a little fun at work. So I was joking around with them. I was offering them beers and stuff like that. And, and their boss dropped by to, to supervise and see how things were going. And you could tell they were like, I'd love a beer. That bed set was really heavy. I'd love one. But no, we can't do it. No, no. Thanks anyway, you sir. You own too much shit. And I would love to have some beer to forget about it, but I can't. Yeah, we're moving the hoarder out today. <laughs> Uh, you right. learn, yeah, you learn a lot about yourself in moving too, don't you? You know, and it's amazing because at the time I got all that stuff, it seems like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Moving it, it makes me think, why do I have this? I haven't yeah. even used this in yeah. months or years. Sure. So I'm going to be doing a heavy amount of donating over the next couple of weeks and months and uh, maybe even some selling. Although the thought of selling something online, I, I've never done it. I've, I've never put up an ad on Facebook Marketplace or on Kijiji, Ugh. and I don't know if this oh. is going to be my time. Prepare for a lot of this. You ready for this conversation? Yeah. Hey, is this still available? Yes. And then you never hear from them again. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. stop doing that. There's too many pricks. That. There's, so, there's just rude people. Or, I like that. I'm interested. Can I give you 
$10 and you're selling it for 150 you know? Mm. Just stop with that shit. Yeah. I, I don't do it any... I, I try not to do it. I try not to, but I did have to sell something a little while back and that's exactly what happened. Cat, this weekend was the big protest, Canada's insurrection, and the parliament buildings got stormed, and the government was overthrown. No, and, no, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, but I saw in the news that that's what was going to happen. That's what they all well, said would happen. Hey, in all fairness, anything could have happened. Anything sure. could have happened. We didn't know. And I'll admit, I didn't know what it would look like um, when the protest was actually on. And I, we say when it was. It actually is still ongoing now, if I'm not mistaken. There's some people who have remained there in Ottawa, correct? I, I believe the people that are still there, and yeah, you're quite right, there are still people there. They say they're going to stay until the mandates are gone. So let me just do a couple of different things on this protest so that we know where everybody stands. A protest has to have an end. And, and I get that there's some protests that go on for weeks. We all remember the rail blockade, for example. That went on for two weeks in uh, the Tyndinga Mohawk territory. Uh, we've seen pipeline protests. Mm-hmm. We've seen right-to-life protests. We've seen so many protests over the years. They all have to end. And I don't know that you guys are going to, for those listening to us from Ottawa, I don't know that you're going to get that big moment in the sun where you can say, our protest worked and Justin backed down. Because I feel like Justin is, he's very spiteful. And I don't think he would even consider giving you the satisfaction. I, I have a feeling that he's going to keep these mandates in place and they will eventually come down. I don't think it'll be Justin that brings them down. I'm pretty confident that it's going to come as an American initiative, because I'll tell you, Joe Biden can't be looking at what happened in Ottawa this weekend and hoping that it happens in Washington. But even over the weekend, Donald Trump did a shout out to the Canadian protesters. And I can see... Of course he did. That fits. That fits. Yep. I can totally see uh, Freedom Convoy 2022 happening in Washington, and they don't want that. Sure. Uh, Not to mention the fact that these mandates... uh, You can feel how you want about them, but regardless, uh, truckers were never a source of spread in Canada or the USA. So I I tend to think that the Americans would probably drop the mandate before we would. But if they do, we probably should. Yeah. When it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. uh, Go ahead. I I, I don't know if you're going to speak. I assume that we're going to talk about the shit that did happen. I mean, and, and that's that. I feel like that is really being highlighted, but we should. We should make note that it was like a pretty peaceful protest, all things said. It didn't get violent. There was no riots. I don't believe there was looting unless I missed that. No. Was there looting? I know that there were a couple of, of businesses that did complain. Um, one of them was like a food shelter. Help me out with that. I don't know if you know the oh, details. Oh, it was a homeless shelter. A homeless shelter that said that they had food taken or something like that. I'm not sure the details of it, so I won't say exactly what it is. So there's some assholes in the group. There's there- some absolute pieces of shit. Yeah. Absolute pieces of shit. Um, sprinkled in there that didn't that really didn't care to give a fuck about monuments uh, like the Terry Fox. Uh, and for those, because I mentioned it this morning, too, that I thought, wow, you, you, th- those people were losers. And I had people say, well, you then if you if you don't like that, then you shouldn't like when people use it for this reason or that reason. And I said, I don't. Yeah. I don't think they should be touched. Period. The end. I don't gi- give a shit if you're trying to promote, you know, world peace. Don't use a monument for it. Don't dance on monuments like you are making everybody else look bad when you do shit like that. You know, protest in peace. Most people, I think, did. That's fine. Like you said, I think that all of them do have to come to an end. Let's just like, like just 
leave leave now you know yeah. let it be done i mean anytime there's a protest on a huge scale like this one and and let's be clear this wasn't just about this weekend i'm thinking about the thousands of families that went to stand on overpasses and cheer the truckers on and right. the parents that took kids out of school to go and 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 show them hey this is what uh, a protest looks like these guys are all going to ottawa and they're going to camp outside parliament hill and they're going to try and make a point and and have their voice heard there was a lot of people behind these truckers and their cause and for the most part by and large it was peaceful. Even Ottawa police said, well, they didn't say peaceful. They said nonviolent. Okay. All right. There is uh, tens of thousands that waved flags and honked horns and they listened to speeches and they played some music and all that sort of stuff. They had a protest in something that they believe in that now a majority of Canadians agree with. It's no longer a fringe minority, according to the new polls from Angus Reid. And we'll get to those coming up. But man, oh man, doesn't it just go to show you how a couple of bad apples can spoil the bunch? Mm-hmm. The people, or I think it was just one person, maybe a small group that was dancing on the National War Memorial. Uh, listen, if you are someone who is freedom loving and wants rights, you need to remember where those freedoms came from. Dancing on the National War Monument. Yeah. Is a symbol of our freedom. You don't do that. It's inappropriate. It's disgusting. You just don't disrespect that. That's a sacred place. Yeah. I, I did see video of of that um, emulating um, indigenous dances and things like that. A bunch of people doing it. I did see multiple people on video. So that, I mean, that's, yeah, that's absolutely disgusting. There's no room for that. You're there to try to prove a point. You're just hurting yourself. What are you doing? Then you're not really there for those reasons too. I don't know if those people, because th- that's the problem is that when you have a rally like that, okay, if you want to call it a rally, a protest, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. When you have that, you're obviously going to attract people that are there for different reasons. So that's why you saw signs of all kinds there. You're attracting people who are anti-vaxxers. That's not what the protest is about. It's not being anti-vax or anti-mask. And I saw those people with those signs. So you're going to attract certain people like that. And sometimes those people with the loudest mouth are the ones that are going to be heard. And again, that's why I do feel for those who are there for different reasons. And that's not the reason they're there. In fact, they are double-vaxxed or, or they have their booster or whatever it might be. They're just against other mandates. But they're made out to look like these anti-vax, anti-mask people. A little off topic, but I was actually kind of surprised at how shocked some of the members of the media were that they were getting flipped the bird and told where to go and and having people yell fake news at them. As late as Sunday morning, I was still hearing some of the broadcasters call it an anti-vax protest. Really? Yeah, the protest of unvaccinated truckers. Oh, really? Guys, oh, I mean, you wonder why that. people are upset. Uh, I didn't see that, but I was following some of our colleagues who are with Global who are there. Like, moment by moment, they would uh, tweet out, this is what happened to me just now. This is what someone yelled at me right now. And there's no room for that either. If someone's just doing their job, hopefully they weren't in anyone's face. Usually they're not. If you are willing to make a comment, go for it. And if they're asking you for a comment, great. But I, I didn't know that 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 was happening, if that's the case. I didn't see that. I didn't see those um, headlines. I didn't. I mean, there we're, we live in a time where distrust in the media is at an all-time high. That's just the way it is. And it's, it's not just COVID. It's politics. It, it's all sorts of different things. And just keep in mind, those are actual people. 
And I would love to think that they were trying their best to be impartial and fair. I don't know that that was actually achieved. I don't know that all of them fully understood what the protest was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But listen, if somebody's doing their job, you don't need to run by them and scream fake news. You don't need to. It's stupid. Uh, Just don't watch that particular broadcast or don't listen to that particular channel or, or whatever it is. But I mean, really, at the end of the day, Everybody's got to just calm down a little bit. I'm glad that stayed peaceful. But whoever it was that went and and placed the the flag and the protest sign on the Terry Fox statue, again, you need to understand that that sort of stuff grabs headlines much more than the fact that tens of thousands of people were protesting peacefully on Parliament Hill. You've got tens of thousands of people there to make a point, and they have a valid point, and they deserve to be heard. We can have a good discussion about these mandates. Absolutely. But all your attention gets stolen when somebody does something stupid. And whether you were harassing people at a a soup kitchen or you were uh, dancing on the National War Memorial or, or doing something inappropriate to a Terry Fox statue, that's the sort of stuff that takes away from your cause. And I hate that that happened because I want to get back to the point. There was tens of thousands of people there to make a point, and they have a right to protest. I do think that that protest needs to come to an end. I still think they made their point. If they want to keep going, you can, but at some point, police are going to start writing tickets and all that sort of thing. Eventually, every protest has to come to an end. Yeah, the the headline that I had heard from that, too, was they're, they're standing their ground until they're changed. Okay, like pop a tent. You know, you're going to be like, go ahead then. You're going to be there for a long time. Or like Scott said, you will be dragged out. So make make your choice. But you heard it happened. It happened. I think it's time to, to end it. Yeah. And not, uh, and not give up. Don't get me wrong. It's not like you give up your, your beliefs when you do that. And I think that that's where people get it wrong. It's like you're not giving up your beliefs. You showed how many people could show up peacefully and that was done. And maybe a, a move, maybe it will continue, right? The movement doesn't have to end, but the protest can. Waving a Confederate flag in Canada. Yeah. And the Nazi flag. And like, the Nazi the, flag. You know, what is wrong with you? Why would you do that? I, this is what I mean. Any kind of protest like this, you open the door for those people, though. You knew it was going to happen, right? I mean, I did. I knew we were going to see shit like that. I knew it was going to happen because you just open a door up. And you don't do it purposely and you don't do it with the intention to do it, but it happens. That's exactly what happens. Certain people get attracted to certain things and that here we are. And that's the story that you're you're hearing today in the news is the Confederate flags and the the they're calling it desecrating the Terry Fox statue. I think it was incredibly disrespectful what they did, but I don't sure. think there was any permanent damage. It's not like they uh, spray painted it or anything like that, as we've seen happen to other statues in Canada over the yeah. last few months. Uh, but still, it's that's not the point. Certain things in this country are sacred. And if you believe in freedom, you sure as shit don't do that to the National War Memorial or uh, do anything to a Terry Fox statue or any of those iconic Canadian things. Yeah. Leave them alone. If you want to go and protest and, and march up and down Wellington Street, by all means, go ahead. Yes, you have a right to do it. And I do believe that you deserve to be heard. I'm disappointed that not the health minister, nor the transportation minister, nor the prime minister himself would meet with these protesters. Uh, Evacuating Trudeau and his family to a secure location was probably overkill. I mean, maybe there was potential for it to go south. Maybe there wasn't. Uh, I don't know that it needed to be done. Mind you, the prime minister going into self-isolation when it's not even required by public health to isolate like that. uh, The whole thing is just 
awful the way it happened. The lead up to it, I, I think they were hoping that would become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It did remain nonviolent, and I'm glad that mm-hmm. it remained nonviolent. That's the key. And don't lose sight of the tens of thousands of peaceful protesters yeah. that ex- exercised their democratic right. Those are the people that I feel bad for because they did have a point and it got overshadowed by stupid shit from a few people. Maybe it was groups. I don't know if it was fringe groups that tried to tack on with this. I don't know if they were counter protesters or whoever they were. That's not the point. You don't disrespect those iconic things. Okay. And I wasn't and I wasn't there for this, but I did see some photos just to mention uh, after the Terry Fox uh, stuff was taken down, some bystanders came by and cleaned it and, and literally like took rags and clean the whole thing there was also at that war memorial uh, people were laying flowers down and showing their you know that they're not a part of that right and, and they did it in the, like the shape of a heart it was very very sweet i would do the exact same you know? thing if i was in ottawa and saw that i would call out that behavior and you know what <clears throat> if you were part of the protest and just as appalled as i am by some of those things i would hope that you notified authorities and yeah Police should probably investigate. At the absolute least, it's probably mischief. If you're one of those people that shit on somebody's lawn, oh, that horrible. was another one. Come on, Did someone seriously shit on someone's lawn. Well, a city councilor claims they got a complaint from a resident. You know what's okay. weird though is, I mean, they're really going out of their way to complain about this protest, and I'm thinking, I'm in Ottawa regularly. There's protests every day, and some of them are big. One of the biggest protests that happens every year is the Right to Life protest. I never hear complaints like this about any other protests. Pipelines, Right to Life, there's so many of them that happen every Mm -hmm. single year, and I don't hear complaints, but, I mean, the mayor of Ottawa, Jim Watson, he was complaining, my people have had enough. They're ready for this to be over. It's been two days. And I get, yeah, two days is two days. We'd like it to be over. But I mean, complaining, my citizens feel like they're trapped in their own homes. Okay, dial it all back a little bit. I mean, I I I don't... I mean, I wouldn't want to live there in those two days either. I really wouldn't, though. That's the truth. Neither would I, but this is Ottawa. This is the nation's capital. If there's going to be a protest, this is what happens. right. You know, I don't like traffic either, but I chose to live in southern Ontario where right. it's the worst traffic in North America. And I do feel for the businesses there. A lot of them decided to shut their doors. They didn't want to be open to any of those negative things that we that we mentioned. So they had to take a hit on business for the day because they were just too worried about opening in general. And I felt for them too. Yeah. And it's silly that, that all of those things had to happen because if it could have just stayed a peaceful, well, it did stay a peaceful protest. And there were peace-loving Uh, people there that were just there to protest. But for the ones who made it stupid, what a dumb thing to do. It so takes away from your cause. People would take you so much more seriously if you didn't decide to organize a group of people to run through the mall without your masks on. Like, come on, guys. Come on. But again, to the people who did do it right, thank you. I hope that your voice is heard. Now, on this, there's a new poll that just came out from Angus Reid, and... Remember when we said the tide has shifted? We actually pointed this out a couple of weeks ago. There's a shift happening right now. People are really starting to say, you know what? We've had enough. And when it comes to uh, vaccines, when it comes to mandates, when it comes to regular public health rules, people were starting to shift. They're not recognizing Omicron as a serious, viable threat uh, for most people anyway. It seems that way. And sure enough, now we've got the numbers to back it up. New Angus Reid poll, 
says that now the majority of Canadians want to get rid of the public health restrictions. And ironically, today is reopening day in Ontario. I think that's good. I think the people are ready for it, and I think the businesses are certainly ready for it. Is there more specifics, though? I mean, saying getting rid of it, you'd need, like, what do you mean exactly by that? I mean, because are we talking about people wanting to go without all of it? Uh... When, you, when they asked people between January the 7th and the 12th, 21% strongly agreed, 19% agreed it's time to end the restrictions and let people self-isolate themselves if they feel they're at risk or if they're worried, but society should get back to normal. Again, that's 21% strongly agree, 19% agree. Fast forward. To the January 27th, 28th poll, same poll, 32% strongly agree, 22% agree it is time to end the restrictions. That is a majority of Canadians. 54% say it's time to end COVID restrictions and leave responsibility up to the individual. And, And that can work in a lot of different ways. I mean... If you're high risk or if you're just worried, there's a lot of people who have been really scared over the last couple of years. And that's natural. I mean, every time you turn on the news, it's all Mm -hmm. doom and gloom and fear and scariness. I get it. But for the rest, they want to move on. And if you're not ready, nobody is going to force you. Nobody's Mm going to drag you to indoor dine. Nobody's going to drag you to a movie theater. Basically, we don't have to shut things down so nobody goes. We can open things up and those who are ready. Will go right. So restrictions, but not mandates necessarily. But that's for restrictions. Yes. Yeah, I I hear that. I, I hear that. And that this has been a less a frustrating past little while for a lot of us. I think just because we've been here, time and time again. And now the and now of course the chatter has already started, Scott. On okay, let's see how long this lasts. You know, here in Ontario, we're allowed. To, we've opened to fifty percent capacity for restaurants, things like that. And everyone's already talking about. Oh, wait till March break hits. Yep. Wait till that time where, you know, we're all going to shut down again by April. I hate that. I hate that. But I understand where it comes from. Sure. Let's be honest. Two springs in a row in March and April, we got a pretty substantial wave. And right now, I don't know what's on the horizon. Is, no it, idea. is it more Omicron? Is it Delta 2.0? Is it the... Is it a new one of sorts? Oma Delta? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean... We have no idea what it is or where it'll come from, and we don't know for sure that it's coming, but two years in a row in the spring, we had some really serious shutdowns, and I think people have got a little PTSD. Sure. They're they're looking at this spring, and they want to be optimistic about what's happening today, but they're not going to fully commit to the optimism until we get there Mm -hmm. and we don't shut down. Do you ever see a day, and keep in mind, once we hit March and April, we're just a couple of months from the election. Do you see Doug Ford coming out there again this spring saying, folks, we're going to have to shut her down again. We're going to close the restaurants. We're going to close the gyms. We're going to close the cinemas and indoor attractions. Shut them all down. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I agree with you. I'd like to, and maybe it's just me clinging like a fucking sloth on a branch here to the hope that the endemic is a thing, that the endemic is happening. And that that will be the the end of it in terms of complete shutdown. So I'm going to go with, no, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think that this is going to be the minimum that we're going to have for restrictions or sorry, the maximum that we'll have for restrictions. This what we're sitting at now. 
That's it. With the hospital numbers declining like they are, faster, I think, than even Dr. Moore and Christine Elliott thought they would, why do we need to have these businesses at 50%, particularly gyms and indoor dining? Movie theaters, that's a little different. You sit still, and now you're allowed to eat popcorn. Thanks, Doug. Is that, I could see that, maybe, being restricted so that you can distance people as much as possible. But restaurants have got safety protocols in place. Gyms have got safety protocols in place. They've spent a lot of money over the last couple of years to make themselves safe. And we really only shut them down for optics anyway. Why restrict them? They've been through so much over the last two years. They don't need this capacity restriction. Yeah. Why can't we open them up? Yeah, I mean, part of me hears what you're saying. The other part is like, yeah, but easing into it is okay too. And you know what? If it's 50%, it's 50%. We all have to be strategic on when we go. Uh, maybe that'll make things... I mean, the businesses aren't jumping up for joy on the 50%. A lot of them who would have easily easily filled 75%, let's say, right? There's other spots that are still having issues employing uh, that many people and having that many people on staff enough to fulfill a 75% capacity, let's say. So I think it just it's different and every business is going to be unique. I'm, I'm just happy that they're going to be open. Open doors are open doors. So that's great. Let's go. Why would anybody want to get into the service industry right now after everything no. that's happened? It's, you know, and I, I was reading a couple of really good articles. And I wish I remembered where I was reading the one um, about the service industry in particular and how hard it's been hit. And will it ever, rec- how long is it going to take, basically, was the question for it to recover in terms of people making that a go-to job? You know, so many have left the industry out of fear. Yep. Right. So many have left the industry out of, you know, feeling not not feeling stable. Everybody wants to feel stable in their job. I think we all agree. We want to feel pretty darn stable. And that's one of those industries right now where you don't. You just don't. So if you had dreams and wishes and hopes to open your restaurant, spa is another example or whatever. um, It sucks. That's 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 a really terrible feeling to think I have to switch career paths because I'm so afraid. You know, I feel for them. I know people that have left the service industry just because they can't count on when they're going to be open and when they're going to be closed. And ironically, there's more demand for employees in that industry than probably ever in history. And there's just too many people who have said, you know what? It was cool. I made some money. I made my tips, had some fun, worked with some great people. But I need something stable that's not going to get shut down every time there's a new variant Mm -hmm. and put me out of work for a month at a time. I have a handful of people I know that, that kind of are waiting for a reason to leave the industry, to be honest with you, anyway. And we're like, I have other things I want to do. And hey, it's a it's good a reason as any if they're not going to let you work to go ahead and and tackle those other things. Be that entrepreneur you want to be. Start that company you want to do. Switch careers. So I think that is going to be hard. Maybe even like hospitality in general, maybe even airlines. Like I'm not sure what they're looking like right now. You know, what's it like to be a flight attendant at this point? Are there people like chomping at the bit to get in there still that I don't know I don't know as many people in that industry but I'd imagine that they took a hit on that too you know and I'm also thinking about not necessarily the service industry per se but there are tens of it's in the thousands how about that thousands of people that have a part-time gig that rely on the money from being an usher at Scotiabank Arena or sure. being, uh, th- yeah. they do concession stands at Rogers Center or BMO mm-hmm. Field. There's a lot of people that are still out of work or just not making that extra piece that they need to make ends meet at the end of the day. And I feel sorry for them. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it was nice to see people yesterday at that Canada-USA soccer game, but it was outdoors on a really, really, really cold Sunday oh in Hamilton. God. I was trying to think as I was watching that, not to change topics too much, but as I'm watching it, and I'm getting some text updates from my cousin who was there. He's excited. Oh, I mean, he's a soccer fan, TFC fan. He loves it. And I'm just thinking, is there anything in the world I love enough to sit outside in those temperatures and watch? Nope. I came to the conclusion that there's not a one. Not a thing. So, uh, hey, but good on you. If you did uh, go or you would have gone, it was a good game nonetheless. It was just nice to see that. Yeah, sure. It was. You know, I mean, again, it strikes me that we have zero people in these buildings. And until there's a meaningful amount of people in these buildings, they're not going to open up the concessions and stuff like that. Why would they pay staff to serve 500 people? It it doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense from a business standpoint. But then you can just as easily turn on the football game yesterday and see 50,000 people at the Bengals game. And I'm thinking to myself, sorry, it was the Bengals and the Chiefs. No disrespect to Kansas City. Even though I don't like your football team, no disrespect. But I mean, they're having full stadiums down there and, and their indoor dining is wide open. And I think now we're at a point where Canadians are looking at that saying, what the hell? I mean, they can do it and they've been doing it all along. Their biggest discussion right now is not about adding the third dose to the Vax passport. Their big discussion is, should we keep wearing masks? Mm -hmm. By the way, I know not everybody's going to agree with me, but I do think we should be wearing masks. It's probably the most effective thing that we can do to try and prevent us from getting infected. I am never not wearing a mask, no matter what happens, in the months of probably December, if I'm out in public, I mean, from December all the way through to March. I'll probably be always wearing a mask. Grocery store, Walmart, don't give a shit, I'm wearing a mask. I haven't had a... Got a knock on something. I haven't had a cold so much as the sniffles in a couple of years. And that goes to show you, right? Yeah, I'm the same. But... I think that when it's time to take the masks off, and it won't be long before we're having that conversation, we'd already been told it would happen at the end of March. I don't think Doug wants to stick to that timeline per se, just because we don't know what we don't know. But I do see a time coming when we're going to have to have that conversation. For me, I'm in the same page as you. If I'm in a place where I'm indoors and I don't know any of these people, maybe I'm going to a movie, for example. I'd probably put my mask on. Mm -hmm. In fact, I don't even know if I'm ever going to go to a movie again. I just, really? I don't Does know it if it's for me. A little bit? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I wasn't thrilled with the whole thing before this, and I'm sure as shit not now. I don't think anybody should uh, should listen to me and think, yeah, Scott's right. I'm not going to go to a movie. Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying for me personally, for I don't think sure. I'm going to be going to any movie theaters, and I usually fall asleep anyway, and it turns out to be a waste <sighs> of 20 bucks. The- <laughs> That's what you do. The hard part for me is, you know, with kids, I want them to experience all the things I got to experience. Like, I mean, pre-COVID, And even in between here and there, we did it all. Those, you know, fun villas, gymnasiums, uh, trampoline parks, theaters, indoor playdates, all of the things. And now I struggle with, you know, how much do I want to do? Do I restrict that? Probably, yes, is the answer. But how do I choose and how do I go about figuring out what's best for them based on all of this stuff? I don't want it to, to, to... I don't want it to scare me enough to not allow them to get those experiences. Like that's important to me. And I feel, feel like socialization is important. Everything about it is so important. I totally agree with you. You know, so I struggle with that. I I think that when it comes to masks in those winter months, when our vitamin D levels are a little lower and we're inside a lot more, I probably will keep wearing the mask. What I'm not going to do is the stuff that's tedious and it's really just to check a box. 
It's silly to me that right now I can sit here and have a conversation with you without my mask on. But as soon as I walk through that door, I've got to put it back on, even if I'm just going to that studio over there. It's I, I literally walked four feet, but it's required. You've got to have a mask on in all the common areas. I'm not even going to pass anybody. I don't know necessarily that I'll keep doing those small things. But generally speaking, yeah, I'm going to be an adult and I'm going to make adult decisions on behalf of myself mm-hmm. and I'm going to decide where my risk is. And I think that everybody should do that. I would love for the government to come out and say, yeah, you know what? You're an adult. We're going to treat you like an adult. Here's the deal. If you want to go into a, a library, Anybody can go to a library. You don't need a Vax passport, but you do need to wear a mask, especially if you're going to be sitting down and reading or spending any time there. If you are going to, uh, I don't know, your office, well, offices can create their policy based on their particular workflow. Here, there's almost nobody here. We have a very wide open workspace here. I don't know that that's necessarily a big risk, particularly at 6 a.m. when there's nobody else in the building except for the two of us. So I, I would really like the government to, to just dial it back a little bit. Hopefully they're looking at what's going on in other jurisdictions, and hopefully they're looking at that poll there. Now more than half of Canadians are ready to drop these mandates and a lot of the public health restrictions. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it Friday because we were off. But I do want to play something that I think is really important from Dr. Kieran Moore. He did a news conference to confirm that today would be reopening day. Yes, I'm using air quotes when I say that. Hmm. And he said something that people have been calling on him to say for a while. Your next question comes from Cynthia Mulligan with City News. Please go ahead. Hi, Dr. Moore. Earlier, uh, in response to Matthew Bingley's question, you were suggesting that people need to monitor themselves. He was asking when it came to contact tracing being eliminated in restaurants, for example. I guess what I'm, I'm trying to get at is your overall message that we all just have to monitor ourselves now and know that if we go to a restaurant or a sporting uh, event or a movie theater, that there is a, a strong possibility that it it, COVID is around us and that we just have to watch ourselves and take that risk. I, I think you're, you're wording it um, well. Uh, I, I think um, we have to uh, understand with Omicron that we uh, can't eliminate this threat, uh, that uh, in fact, we have to learn to live with it that we're trying to reduce our risk, but we cannot eliminate the risk in every uh, aspect of our lives. Uh, And we have to have a balanced approach as a society against this threat. Um, The ways we reduce the threats have worked well over the last two years of masking and distancing and hand hygiene and staying home if you're sick. Uh, As well, we now have the benefit of of very good vaccines. Uh, uh, Two is good, three is certainly better, uh, and encourage anyone to get their third dose who is eligible, 80 84 dose, 84 days after their last dose. But you're, you're absolutely right. We have to learn as a society to live with this virus, to live with the, the risk uh, wherever we're going in our community uh, and adhere to all the best practices. Uh, and uh, as a government, we're opening up in a very cautious and slow manner uh, to try to protect uh, um, uh, our communities as well. And the health system, uh, we've been uh, slow and steady and cautious. Okay, enough of that shit. Okay, so but a lot of people live with it. People have been waiting on. Yeah, yeah, you yourself said we need to learn to live with it, and yeah. you were right. He's finally come around to that. And basically, what that means for those who couldn't quite figure out his point is, COVID zero is over. It's officially out the window. 
can't be done, won't be done. That's not going to be our strategy that we have to eradicate this virus from every corner of the country. Because unless you live on an island and check, double check and triple check every single person that comes onto the island, there's going to be COVID. There's going to be spread. We know there's vaccinated people that are catching it and spreading it. We know that there's unvaccinated people who are catching it and spreading it. It doesn't matter what your status is. The point is, it's not going away. Except maybe in the warmer months. I don't know. Uh, summertime, it seems like our numbers do drop quite sure. a bit. sure. Yeah. I mean, we're outdoors more, though. I mean, that's that's goes to show exactly what you would think. People are probably outdoors more. They're doing those kinds of activities. So it's easy to, to stay away from it. One more that I want to play from Dr. Moore before we talk about Joe Rogan. And then we're going to wrap it up for today. Dr. Moore was asked about a call from the Ontario New Democratic Party. That's Andrea Horvath in the Ontario Liberal Party, Stephen Del Duca, about making vaccination with a third dose the criteria for a vax passport. In other words, your vax passport that gets you into restaurants and stuff like that wouldn't actually work unless you get a vaccine, a booster vaccine. Here's what Dr. Moore said about that. I was saying earlier how important it is to get a booster, but they're, they're still not part of the vaccine passport system. So I'd like to get your thinking, please, on on why they aren't in, and do you ever see boosters being part of the vaccine passport system? Well, thank you for that, Robert. Um, th- that would be a government decision, and we would give them options uh, on how uh, to include a third dose uh, in into the uh, passport system. Um, uh, uh, we have not reviewed that as an option for government a- a- as of yet uh, and are waiting uh, nationally to hear the direction of the federal government, uh, as well as uh, whether other uh, governments across Ontario or, or across Canada are moving in that direction. Um, uh, so, so it's a, a clearly an open policy uh, window at present. I. It sounds like they don't want to do it seems like they don't want to do it, but it also sounds like he's very open to doing it if Justin tells him to or if some of the other premiers do it. And frankly, I don't understand that. I really don't. Uh, What we've learned recently is the way it seems, I guess I have to say that now because of the whole Joe Rogan thing. They're putting labels on podcasts now that talk about COVID, but we'll get to that coming up. It, It seems that by the time you get around to having your third dose, your first dose wasn't particularly effective or isn't particularly effective anymore. Uh, this from the Ontario Science Table, they said two doses has about 35% effectiveness against Omicron, while three doses offers 75% protection yeah. in the first month. One of the things we've learned about these vaccines is they die off after a little while or they wear down or they're not as strong or not as effective as they were. If you just got your booster shot two weeks ago, you're probably at maximum protection. If you also have some natural immunity, you're basically you're indestructible. Go ahead and run through a wall. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) And and, and they did compare, by the way, and they have compared the antibodies to catching it versus the booster. The booster outweighs it like times 10 like booster does really give you that protection it does well to mandate it when it doesn't last a heck of a long time kind of leaves the door open to mm, actually your vax passport is probably just going to be if you've had one shot within the last three months right that's what it opens the door to updated shot whether it's a fourth fifth sixth seventh right your updated shot has come in you know we're not talking about okay by the third shot you've got three ounces or whatever it is of mrna in you so you're sufficiently protected 
it's really got to shift to a time-based model, as in if you've had a shot in the last three to four months, you've got better protection than if you had no shot. And frankly, when they do that, I don't know if the public's going to get behind that. I'm not in favor of that. I don't like these passports at all anymore. I, I At first, I was okay with it. I thought, oh, that's what we have to do to get back to normal, and let's do it. And I marched down and got my two shots, but we know more than we did. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, knowing that these really wane after a while, I really can't see how they would make these mandatory. But if they do, just so you know, I'm going to lose up my Vax passport. I won't be able to go anywhere because I'm not going to do it. Maybe they're waiting. Not on, anytime soon anyway. Maybe they're waiting on the spring to see if we get that influx in March and April. We were talking about just like 10 minutes ago. You know, maybe they're waiting on that. If there's another one, you're damn right. They're going to add the third. They're going to add it if it gets that bad. But I, I, I don't know if it's going to get that bad. I don't know that it will you either. Know? I mean, so it might, it might, it might be fine. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Let's hope that it doesn't get that bad. Uh, one last thing I want to play is this ongoing controversy over the Joe Rogan experience. A couple of famous old Canadian singers like Joni Mitchell and Neil Young basically started this, and they wanted their music pulled from Spotify if Spotify continued to carry the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Which they have exclusive exclusivity to, by the way. And it's done and wonders. And spent many, many monies on it. <laughs> you know what, though? I mean, Joe, I've heard anecdotally that he gets about 11 million downloads. Good for him. We are about an 11th of that. But nonetheless, still good. And, and when Joe moved over to Spotify, we saw a spike in our Spotify numbers. It seems like people have gone that route to listen to podcasts, and that's great. However you're listening to us, we love it. But this Joe Rogan vaccine information neil young Joni mitchell and there's a couple other people too oh harry and megan well, are in well on this yeah too. but that, that one makes that one just makes me roll my eyes a little bit that's more so hey guys because they for those that don't know prince harry megan markle they made a deal with spotify a while back like when they first kind of detached from the royals they made a deal to put out content so they not only put out their own content they help produce things and they're a part of a bunch of things for spotify and that's an exclusive deal with harry and megan so they say now through a spokesperson that they actually raised concerns last April regarding, you know, potential misinformation and letting them know that they were concerned, but did not threaten to act on it. They say now that they received, you know, information and they are in contact with Spotify over it, but they're going to continue to work together. So basically they said a whole lot of nothing in saying that. They just <laughs> they right. created headlines to say, we know, we know, we know too, guys. So we we understand that there's misinformation. We're not going to pull our shit from it because they're giving us money. But we did raise concerns just to let everybody know. But we didn't do anything about it. Hmm. So it was kind of a nothing. Way to take a stand. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't very threatening in any way. I don't know how. I don't know how many people would have cared or not cared if they pulled out. Um, I know that Apple did something great this weekend when they spotlighted <laughs> spotlighted Neil Young music. So when you opened Apple Music, which I have. On the homepage, it's called I Love Neil and all his albums are in there. So it's a massive Neil Young playlist. Fine. Good for you, Apple. Yeah, do it. No problem. Um, I did hear that there was that Spotify numbers had gone down after it. I'm sure it has nothing to do with actual particular Neil Young. Don't forget about the doctors we mentioned previous that had signed the petition to get it off because they were worried about the misinformation that, that his podcast was spreading. But all of that said... Joe Rogan did have a lengthy message um, to fans and haters both. It's nine minutes, so I'm going to cut it up. Here's some of what Joe Rogan said. Don't want to just show the the contrary opinion to what the narrative is. I want to show all kinds of opinions so that we can all figure out what's going on, and, and not just about COVID, about everything, about health, about fitness, wellness, the, the state of the world itself. 
Um, it's a strange responsibility to have this many viewers and listeners. It's very strange. And it's nothing that I prepared for. And it's nothing that I ever anticipated. I am going to do my best in the future to uh, balance things out. I'm going to do my best. But my point of doing this is always just to create interesting conversations and ones that I hope people enjoy. So if I pissed you off, I'm sorry. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Spotify. Thank you all the supporters. And, and even thank you to the haters because it's good to have some haters. It makes you reassess what you're doing and put things into perspective. And, and uh, I, think, I think that's good. Uh, just a sidebar before we talk about what Joe just said. It is remarkable to me how good the audio quality was on an Instagram video compared to how bad the audio quality was from the government of Ontario with Dr. Moore a few minutes ago. <laughs> With a shoddy headset from what Radio Shack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Radio Shack. Radio Shack. By the way, we can officially say we are rated higher in the Spotify app than the Joe Rogan experience. I just want to put that out there. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's good. Hey, listen. It, Less votes, but fine. Joe is, uh, <laughs> I don't know what misinformation specifically people are talking about, but I feel like we should hear that. Because that's part of the discussion. And if Joe has decided he's going to try and be more balanced and provide even more perspectives and, and he doesn't want to seem anti-COVID or anti-public health, he mm-hmm. just wants the information out there and then let people decide for themselves. I mean, yeah, that's a really good model. It works for us. I mean, you'll hear our opinion, but we'll always give you facts or do our best to do it anyway as they're given and to if, us. Yeah, and if we're not sure, you say you're not sure. I think sometimes I I know I'll be honest with you. I don't listen to the Joe Rogan experience. I've heard I've heard some of it. I've heard highlights and clips of it. I, I'm fine with things being there for as an option for people to listen to. Is really what it comes down to for me. I mean, it's an option for you to listen to the Joe Rogan experience knowing that he might have some what some people believe controversial guests on mm-hmm. that do not have the popular opinion, and he'll ask those questions. He is not really a firm believer in a lot of things, and that makes people upset because he has this platform. But it is voluntary to go listen to it. So I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of somewhere in the middle where I understand where people are coming from. He has actually been called out from giving misinformation. That's true. He said things that are not accurate. And he's been corrected on his own podcast for that. Good. So that's fine. And he's like he said in there, I truly believe that he is learning. This is big for him too. I don't think he set out to do this Joe Rogan experience thinking that so many people would be not only talking about it, but have him exclusive deal and people complaining and Neil Young wanting to pull his music off because of him. I don't think that that's ever what he wanted. You know, I'm, I don't listen to it either. Just busy. I, I don't know what misinformation though. I would kind of like for people to, or whoever it is that's got the issue with it to say, when you said that if you, I don't know, lick a stop sign, you'll have immunity. That was wrong. Okay, that's a good example. And I can Mm -hmm. say, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, now I know licking a stop sign won't prevent me from catching COVID-19. You know, is it that sort of stuff? Or is he talking about the effectiveness of the vaccines? I don't know, to be honest with you. Because like I said, I don't listen. But I do think that when you're going to say that he's putting out misinformation, you should give an example or cite what misinformation it is. Because there's a lot of conversations that he has on his podcast that aren't necessarily misinformation. It's just coming at it from a different yeah. angle. 
You can read the letter. I mean, you can you can read the open letter from doctors. That's probably the best bet over like a Neil Young statement. Um, but, I put zero stock in what Neil Young yeah, has to say. So forget that. But you can most definitely. I mean, it's an open letter. You can you can see exactly what what their fear is and what he has said incorrectly claiming, for example, I'll give you some examples just because I have it popped up here. He's discouraged vaccination in young people and children incorrectly claimed that mRNA vaccines are gene therapy promoted off label use of Iver, promoted off label use of ivermectin to treat COVID-19 mm-hmm. contradictory or contrary, sorry, to FDA warnings and spread a number of unsubstantiated conspiracy theories. Um, they go into detail in episode number 1757. He hosted Dr. Robert Malone, blah, blah, blah. It continues in episode number blah. So yeah. Oh, okay. Deep, so they are doing absolutely, that. Absolutely. They're there. Yes. You can read them if you want to read them. And then it's signed exactly which, which doctors, um, their titles, you know, all the alphabet that comes after their name uh, are all there. So you can absolutely read on all of it, every single specific thing that they were upset about. Hmm. Yes, you can. Well, you know, I mean, if he does get corrected, if he does say something that's untrue, that's good. You should be corrected. Nobody should be given misinformation. Yeah. Nobody with a platform should be spreading misinformation. Yeah. I mean, but I will cite, though, that there are some things that we are learning as we go and certain things are evolving. I mean, let's not forget a year ago, we, we thought we get vaccinated and boom, COVID goes away. This was our path back to normal. And that's not exactly how it happened because we've learned that the vaccines, very effective, by the way, like I said earlier, I'm fully vaccinated and I'm glad I did it. But these vaccines wane after time. They're not as effective for as long as we were initially thinking they would. Well, there's ways to do it, right? Like I could sit, I could sit here and say, guys, I have this feeling. Okay. This isn't how I feel, but guys, I have this feeling. If we just remove the mask mandate, we'd probably be better. That's opinion. If I sit here and say, you know, it's it's pretty much proven that this is the case or that whatever. The masks are causing masks COVID. Masks are actually <laughs> spreading COVID quicker than non-masks. That's where the problem lies. And and I'm with you. I have no problem. And it's happened, by the way. Like, we've had listeners um, either correct us. And usually what I'll do is I'll say I'm not 100% sure. Because that'll be the truth in, the, in whatever we're talking about. If I'm not 100% sure, or I'll try my best to look it up like I just did with the Joe Rogan experience, I'll do my best. I don't know if he does that. I think he gets so passionately involved in his conversations that he doesn't bother to. It's just what's on his mind. And we all have mm. those people that what's on their mind, they spew it out, and they don't really fact check. He's learning how to do that. It's it's actually new for him. He, his, his podcast has been around for a long time, but this publicity is new for him in, in these terms, right? Mm. So that's where he has to realize now, and he probably will do. Maybe this is a good, I mean, he said it too. It's a good learning experience for him. So he will probably go out of his way to do a little more fact checking before he you know, airs his podcast before he records his podcast. Do you think Spotify called him and said, yeah, you better back up or you better back off a little bit. You better dial it back. I don't. I mean, they're paying him a hundred million dollars. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure that they've offered him resources. I, I would have no doubt in my mind that Spotify would say, look, here's the thing. You know, we hired you to do your thing or we shouldn't say that. He owns it outright. He mm-hmm. owns his podcast. They just have the exclusivity of streaming the podcast. That's why you can't get it anywhere else. He that's still his. And he has 100% control of that. They can't tell him what to say or not say. They can go ahead and try to remove him. It's going to cost them a lot of fucking money because that's a contract in place. Yep. But they do not own that podcast, hmm. to be perfectly clear. So they don't control any of the they content. They do not control the content. But I have no doubt, that, in my opinion, I, I'm sure someone at Spotify said, look, you have access to all of these lawyers, all of these professionals at your 
you know, at your leisure, you just glance through. If you need someone, great. They're all professionals. We can fact check them for you. This is your resource team if you want it. And he might say, no, fuck you. I've got my own team. I'm good. Cool. But I'm sure that Spotify reached out at some point. He did publicly apologize to them. And I'm sure he does feel bad because he doesn't want to make them look bad or have less people use their services because of him. That makes you feel bad. Thank you for listening to this episode of After 9. Uh, it's a kind of a catch-up day. We did have Friday and the weekend to cover here. Tomorrow, we'll get into some other stuff. Before we go today, though, we will leave you with another addition to the Scott and Cat voicemail. <laughs> Which you can call anytime. 519-772-4443. Leave us a message. We will catch you right back here tomorrow with another After 9. Hey, Scott, Cat. Peter here again. Got a, uh, just thought of a song, a little quick snippet of, uh, I, I think it's a, a good match or a parody to Martha Stewart Chardonnay. And it goes like this. <clears throat> Martha Shart, do, 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 Martha Shart, do, 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 Martha Shart. <laughs> Have a good one. Ciao. Wow. That was in response to the Martha Stewart Chardonnay conversation from last week. I still want to try Martha Stewart. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> nice cover. Good job. Have a good one, guys. New Hampshire is going to start selling rapid COVID tests at liquor stores. <laughs> you, you'll know your uncle's got a problem when he's like, I tested a negative 75 times this week. It was announced that Mountain Dew's Baja Blast is being converted into a new alcoholic seltzer which is then being converted into your third DUI. They're raising the price of everything at the dollar show to $1.25. They're getting very bougie about it. Uh, They're now calling their expired toothpaste vintage. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.